What was that? I don't... No. Possibly a deer? Let's go check it out. Uh, uh, okay. Sure. I don't understand. Where is she? Is it raining? That doesn't look like rain. You poor thing. How did it even get up there? I have no idea. This is Tom Parry here for Art Smitten, and I have two very special guests with me right, right now. They are the producers of the BS Cryptid Fiction podcast. Please welcome Ollie and Rowan. Hello. 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 We're here. <laughs> yes. So I might start with the most basic question of all, Ollie. Uh, how did you and Rowan come to collaborate together on this project? Um. Oh, okay. So we met at like Sin Induction. I think we kind of, there was like a circle and we all were talking about the things that we want to talk about. And I was like, I love D&D because that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rowan secretly pocketed that information into the back of their mind. <laughs> I feel like you didn't tell me right away. No, no, I, no it wasn't. <laughs> okay. I swear what? it was the... We both said that we listened to Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, Did and you? then yeah, this is okay. This is how I remember it. <laughs> All right, your memory might be better than mine. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened. Like, and then I had an idea for what I wanted to do, and then as we were like leaving, like we were just walking mm. away or whatever. We hadn't talked at all during the induction because I was like, I want to talk to that person, but then like we didn't have the opportunity. Mm. He came up to me like, "Hey, do you want to do the project together?" <laughs> no, no, no. I also was like, "What are you doing your project on?" And you're like, "Do you know what a cryptid is?" And I was like, "Yes, I do. We're doing this together. <laughs> Tell me everything. I need your ideas now because I have nothing." Um, yeah, that, yeah, that was how it happened. Now that's I'm pretty much it. And then we just rode with your idea I think for the induction it was incredibly different B and Serena were like Serena was this struggling grumpy kind of radio host Mm. (laughs) and then B was like this very enthusiastic cryptid photographer Mm -hmm. that had travelled the world and wanted to like tell Serena all these things and Serena was like I just host a segment called Weird Career Choices (laughs) and you were a guest Mm. sure tell me more (laughs) yeah Um, so that was like our 20 minute little induction piece and then you went away to Europe and six months later I messaged you being like hey do you want to make that an actual thing because like I really enjoyed it (laughs) (laughs) and I was like yeah I'm literally doing nothing it's in right now (laughs) yeah so I think it was just like it was persistence and wanting to pursue it like I don't think we planned on it being as like not being in a sense but like as much of a project as it has turned into yeah we made we became a little more ambitious That's for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So you did mention that it was six months after induction that you started really working on BS Cryptid together. When was induction, by the way? 2017. 27, halfway through 2017. So this has taken two years, this project, to come to fruition, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. There was a long time where we were just kind of like on hold, though. Mm. Yeah, so what happened was we put in the application being like, hey, we want to make this a podcast. And then 
Lindsay was like, yeah, this is great. Lindsay was old content producer. We um, miss you, Lindsay, very much. Yeah, <laughs> we miss you. And she was like, this is a great idea. Started helping us make it. And then about two months into writing, she was like, hey, we have this grant opportunity. Do you guys want to apply? And then we had to, because, you know, the way grants work, mm. <laughs> you apply and then you have to wait for the due date of the application, which is in June. So mm. it's already been a year now. And then we had to wait till January of the next year, so January 2019, mm-hmm. to get the answer no. of like, Mm-mm. oh no, no, no. So we, we, we got told yeah, yes. Yeah, so we we handed in in February. Yeah. So <laughs> it was like very much a lot of waiting and being like, what's this going to be? What are we going to do? And what are that, our limits? Like, <laughs> yeah. But I think that time was kind of necessary for us to like pinpoint what the idea actually was because it's definitely changed a lot the format has changed drastically the format used to be uh very much because at the moment bs scripted is very much third person the listener's like outside of the world there's no like real reason why this would be recorded whereas before it used to be that serena like is a radio host so she was Mm. recording everything and that was like her thing and then it just got I don't know if it was too messy or if we just liked the idea of breaking the format. It was. I think it allowed for a lot more vulnerability from the characters. Was like I think that was at least my motivation was that there were moments where they were both really vulnerable, or there were like other characters who were vulnerable, and it was like, could Serena, in good conscience, be recording this, and Mm. then wherever this is technically like in world posted post that you know what I mean it just felt kind of wrong mm. and that would be a different facet of our char- of her character that I felt like we weren't going down yeah so I think and I think I really liked the idea of doing a format that was third person just because mm. I haven't seen it a lot like there's a really good podcast Our Fair City that does a really good job of doing like third person outside of the listener kind of deal but at the same time, it kind of is because it's all recorded through like security cameras, essentially. Mm-hmm. But it does give it's an easy explanation as to why everything is recorded. And I think I just kind of wanted to be like, nah, make it like a TV show. There's, I don't need to explain why you're hearing this. Mm-hmm. It just is. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I think a lot of the early development was very much like, okay, but do we have to do this and do that? And it was like, okay, how much of us of us do we need to actually explain ourselves? I felt like a lot mm. of the time it felt like we needed to explain why we were doing things. It's like, what if we just do it and it's enjoyable and good? That's also fine. <laughs> I should ask, Rowan, mm. just so that our listeners have context, what is the premise of BS Cryptid? Cool boy. All right. Mm. Um, <laughs> so it's about, like, it's about two Australian women who are road tripping the USA looking for, like, cryptids and stuff like that, essentially. They're what's just, a cryptid? What's a cryptid? Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the joyful question. I've answered this so many times. It's like... Seared into my brain. Um, <laughs> so a cryptid is a creature that hasn't been yet substantiated by science. So it's like, I don't know, just say Bigfoot was real, right? Mm-hmm. So Bigfoot is currently a cryptid because it hasn't been substantiated by science. But if people like found that Bigfoot was real and they had all the science behind it, it would no longer be a cryptid. couldn't be classified as a cryptid because science is like, it does exist now. So, mm. yeah. There you go. Good answer. Well done. Love that science. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe it does exist, the cryptid? Oh, yeah. Okay. This is okay. This is a bit sidetracked, but so people will be like, "Oh, how much do you love cryptids?" And I'm like, "Okay, a bit." bit. <laughs> like I don't love cryptids that much. It's like I like I love the idea of it and I love the creativity and stuff behind it, but I'm not fully 
invested. I'm in my mind. I'm like, oh, maybe I guess. Mm. If someone was yeah. like Bigfoot's real, I'd be like, all right then. <laughs> like I wouldn't be like super excited or be like, no. I'd be like, science that happens. Mm. Yeah, I feel very much in like the research for episodes and stuff. I'm probably the one who does the most research on what the cryptid actually is. Mm. There have been like a lot of made up cryptids, like in episode three. Ooh, mm. um, <laughs> spoilers. Mm. Um, but for creatures like Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, Mothman, like big important creatures in American folklore, I like to do a bit of research because honestly, sometimes there's just gold in mm. there where you're like, wait, people believed this? Let's lean into it. And like, I reckon I'm probably more into cryptids in the sense of how people tell stories about them. Like, there's really good podcasts like Lore, which tell, like, folk story, folklore stories. And then, like, Amnesty, which is the new Adventure Stone arc, which just finished and I haven't listened to the last episode. But they, the like, their interpretation of cryptids is really cool. And I like to see, like, how other people interpret it rather than, like, fully delving into the conspiracy of them as such. Yeah. This is slightly off track, but um, I actually work in a library and one of our regular patrons calls himself a professional yaoi hunter. <gasps> I want to talk to him. Yeah, and he has pretty much devoted all of his spare time to researching yaois and trying to find a second one. Because he claims to have come across a first one. Oh my god, that's amazing. Mm. I want to meet him. <laughs> So, like, when's the meetup? When's the- <laughs> when can we set up an interview, yeah. please? Mm. Oh, my God. Now, c- coming back on track to mm. BS Cryptid, um, Ollie, how many episodes have you released right now for the podcast? All right. So, we've released three episodes of season one, mm-hmm. um, and we're planning on releasing another three episodes of season one. I can't give a certain date because mm. things have been happening with production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but there's another three episodes of season one, and then season two is in the pre-production phase, so we can't say anything about it at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So how long has the production phase of the first season taken? Because like, production is like recording and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so it was kind of weird the way we did it. Unfortunately, because we're newbies, we didn't really think about like, oh, let's write it all and then record it all and then edit it all. <laughs> we kind of did it all at once. So recording probably took us... Like six months. Yeah, because we started the the like the project in March, like officially, technically, mm-hmm. and then like maybe like April, I think we started recording. Yes, we did auditions and everything within that first month. Cast everybody, mm. and then we would just like jump straight into recording because we got episode one out in July. June, I think. I don't Mm. remember. (laughs) Yeah, so it all happened really quickly for that first episode, and then it was all about just trying to get the actors in the same room a lot of the time, Mm. so that ended up being, like, a month between recording sessions, and then it was waiting for an episode to be written, so it would be, like, a little bit longer this time. Mm. It all worked out, and everything's recorded now, so all the production phase is done, which is good. I feel like we should emphasize, don't do that though. <laughs> yeah, don't do what we did. <laughs> it was a big, big stressful time just trying to like juggle post-production phase of like editing, recording and writing all at the same time because it's like your brain is in like three different modes and having it all at the same time it is was, a nightmare. <laughs> it was too many hats. Too mm. many hats. Yeah, we should just share two hats and that's we have two heads, two hats. That's all we get yes. <laughs> for next season. That's mm. the plan at least. Mm. Now, um, you did mention before that you tried to get all the voice actors together in the one room. 
to mm. record their lines. I'm working on another radio play at the moment, and it's sort of been more separate. We've had individual voice actors recording their lines on their own. So, Rowan, what's the benefit of having all those voice actors in the same room? I think there's like a lot of the energy is the same, mm. and it's like at least with B and Serena, like the main characters. They're supposed to be, like, they're, like, best friends and they're, like, childhood friends. So it's, like, that kind of banter and that, like, chemistry is supposed to kind of come across, I guess. And that comes a lot when it's, like, if someone's high energy, then the other person, like, just, like, really goes for it and stuff like that. And I think it also just creates a more passionate environment for the project, I guess, because, like, everyone's enjoying themselves and having fun instead of just, like, in your studio, like, this is the line, you know what I mean? Yeah. In saying that, we have we do have, like, remote actors and stuff that we've had do separate lines and smaller stuff, but, yeah, it's definitely more fun trying to get everybody in the same room. I think you're editing episode four at the moment, and the, like, Ben and Serena weren't in the same room for that. Is it weird? Like, it, have you listened to it? It is a little... Uh, <laughs> have, I have Have you? <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, it, is a, it is a bit weird, but by episode four, like, the um, the actors, for Bay and Serena, they kind of knew each other so well, almost. Like, they knew the, the tone that, like, B would be, and they knew the tone that Serena would be, that it, it still works quite well. I remember in the studio, the voice actor of Serena was like, okay, well, they would do, like... Sh- if he would do B like this, so I'm going to do this. Like, that was, like, exactly what they said. They were like, I know that they will do this, so I'm going to do it in this way. And they might do it, like, these other three ways. And I was like, you're very observant, and I'm yeah. very grateful. Mm. <laughs> I think there was a moment in that recording where Art was like, it's really helpful to get the timing when you read the lines for me, but at the same time, when you read B's lines, I can't imagine how Miffy would do it. So I just need to, like, not have you read them back to me, basically. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. That makes sense. So it was pretty cool. You are listening to Art Smithen. I am chatting with Rowan and Ollie, the creators of the BS Cryptid Fiction Podcast. Ollie, one of the great difficulties with producing audio podcasts is trying to convey like the setting and the surroundings because listeners don't have that visual representation to go with the audio. So how have you managed to work your way around that with BS Cryptid? Oh, it's definitely been a learning process. I think a lot of it comes from the soundscape. So picking like the right atmos, being like, it's nighttime, so I'm going to add crickets. Like there's very subtle things that as audiences, we've kind of been trained to hear and be like, oh, that's a nighttime or that's, oh, this is like a quiet, sleepy town because there was only one truck that went by, you know? So there's little cues that I don't think people realize they have from watching TV or like things like that. But then I think the other thing that we've learnt is probably more dialogue cues that might have been lacking in like the first couple episodes, but we've gotten better at being like, though it doesn't sound always sound natural, sometimes getting the actors to be like, oh, we are standing in front of a table of knives yeah. or something <laughs> is sometimes good enough and what needs to happen to explain the scene. Yeah. At at the end of the day, it's kind of like, I do like narrative subtlety, but in the end of the day, the most important thing is conveying what is happening. Mm. (laughs) It's also safer to have those lines and then cut them later if you do find a way to have them. Like, you don't need to do it all the time. Mm. But having those lines as a backup just in case is, like, very helpful. We did play a little clip of Beer's Cryptid at the beginning there where the two characters came across this rather slimy, interesting creature. Rowan, can you explain... Yeah, how you develop the sound effects for that creature. 
Oh, I'm. I think Ollie's the better person to ask oh, for this Ollie, one. Oh, Ollie, there we go. But because I did the voice acting for mm. the creature, mm. yeah. but Ollie very much did like a lot of the sound effects and stuff. It took you like a month. Yeah, I hit a lot of roadblocks with that one. Luckily, we had a mentor um, who was able to help us out so much. Mm. Of me just being like, "Does this sound like a creature? Does it not?" Um, but essentially what I ended up doing was Rowan could do these really weird trills, essentially. Do you want to, do you want to demonstrate? <laughs> Amazing. Um, but so Rowan could do these really weird trills. So we got, like, a bunch of those and, like, tried to figure out the different kind of emotions that the creature would be having. Um, and then I essentially got all of these really gross mud squelching noises, and every time it did a trill, I'd put that underneath it, and then they found, like, a... What was it called? It was Slimy Movement Number 4. Um, <laughs> a great name. <laughs> it was essentially what sounded like someone with, like, a plastic wrap, essentially, like, rubbing it near a mic, but then also had a had like uh, water splashes around it so that kind of like conveyed the movement really well um, and then I also had to like harmonize your voice to make it like a little bit more off-putting yeah. off-putting that was the thing because it can mimic people as well I needed a differentiation between when someone actually said something and when the creature is saying something and um, like I also what I did was I went through all of the lines that the creature mimics I would do the trill to the kind of cadence of what that would sound like mm. so if it was like give me give me words and I'll copy it Pilates <laughs> Like, it would be like that. And then we'd put it under them saying Pilates mm. and then, like, have that at the same time and then harmonised. Yeah, as well. So that constantly everything... I kind of liked the idea of the creature not really sounding like it had a mouth to mm. say these. Like, the words were kind of coming from, like, within it somewhere. And that's why everything was always, like, bubbling and, like... I don't know. It was very, it was very weird. But also another thing about that creature is we had very different interpretations of what it was. Yeah. For a really long time, I was like, "It's a slow moving, slow moving little glob," and you're like, "No, it's quick, like a lizard." Yeah. And, and I, I was, was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was like, "No, it's horrifying. It's cute, but also horrifying." Yeah. <laughs> it's also very interesting working in a podcast where you can just not be on the same page for months mm. before realizing. <laughs> But I think what we turned out with is really, really fun. I, <laughs> I absolutely agree. Yeah. yeah. And uh, finally, where can we find BS Cryptid? Anywhere you find a good podcast. Mm. Um, don't forget the dots, though. It's B.S. Cryptid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, wherever, really. Go mm. on to our Instagram, at mm. BS Cryptid. Got the link tree there. You got the link tree with all of the links to us and to some of our cast members as well. You can go check them out. They're doing really cool things. Yeah, I can't think of where else. Oh, Twitter as well, at BS Cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan and Ollie, it's been such a pleasure talking to you and finding out all about BS Cryptid. All the best for the future of the project. And, yeah, thank you again. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you.